welcome to another episode of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Uh, here with me today is Aaron Garrett, and Aaron is an extension educator with Natural Resources, Environment, and Energy. How are you doing today there, Aaron? I'm doing well, Gavin. How about yourself? Uh, not too bad. You know, we, we talked a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, my, my wife does have COVID, so it's making life a little challenging for the moment, uh, but we're, we're making it work, though. Well, sorry to hear that. I hope she recovers and you're able to enjoy this beautiful spring weather. Thank you. Yes, it is absolutely gorgeous outside right now. So I'm like, oh, man, so sun, you're here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but today's uh, topic is uh, our spring ephemerals, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, so could, could you uh, tell us exactly what a spring ephemeral is? Yes. So I don't know about you. It's about 80 degrees here in Southern Illinois today. It is very warm. And so life is bursting forth from the forest floor. And one of the things that we're seeing right now are a group of plants called spring ephemerals. Um, and so these plants are, are flowering plants and they have that name because they first of all, emerge in the spring. Um, and that's when they're going to complete their life cycle. And we call them ephemeral because they're fleeting. Um, so these plants will emerge from the ground, flower, set seed, and then completely die back all in the spring to early summer season. So true spring ephemerals by summertime, um, they'll be died back to the ground. So you won't see any evidence that they were there. There won't be any leaves, flowers, nothing remaining. Um, there are other plants that are flowering right now, and we often kind of lump them all together and say they're, you know, they're all spring ephemerals, um, but other plants will maintain their foliage like through the summer season. So I know I have like phloxes blooming right now. Um, they're not a true spring ephemeral because they, they keep some of their foliage through the summer, but the plants that we're talking about, um, you know, come July, if you go out in the woods, you wouldn't even know that they were there. Uh, so these spring ephemerals are also guilty of giving us that uh, false spring. Uh, so, yeah, thanks a lot, spring ephemerals. <laughs> <laughs> so um, why, why do they have this adaptation, though? So it's kind of interesting when you think about it. Um, and I know not for us anymore because it's really greened up in the last couple of weeks. But if you think back to last month, you know, in March and, and for those in northern Illinois, still now in early April, um, if you think about the woods, a brown landscape might come to mind. Um, and so these ephemerals, they're emerging at a time of year when there isn't competition from the trees that are growing above them, from all of the leaves that grow on the trees, right? So right now, sunlight can reach the forest floor. Um, and so those plants are able to grow and develop and, you know, do their thing. Um, so they put all their resources into this short window of time, and then they go dormant when competing for resources would be kind of unreasonable um, due to the heat of the summer and all of that competition from the shade. So they really um, capitalize on the, the trees not having their foliage right now to complete their life cycle. Oh, that's very interesting. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as we do some of these recordings and stuff it's always interesting to uh hear about this and how much i learned from all of these so um what characteristics do they share yeah so besides 
that the growth form that they have, one thing that's really interesting um, as you read a little bit more about these plants is the way that their seeds are distributed and kind of spread around. Um, so they have this interesting relationship with ants, believe it or not, um, which is a little bit unique. Um, so how this happens is a lot of the plants produce these special oil bodies that are attached to their seeds. Um, and, um, so the ants come, they pick up the seeds, they bring them to their home, they eat that oil body. That's why they're attracted to the seeds because it's a food source for them. And then they essentially throw that seed away into wherever their trash pile is for their home. Um, and so that has moved the seeds then from the location of where they developed on the plant. The ants picked them up, moved them, ate the wonderful oil body that came with them, and then threw out the seed um, and essentially planted it in a new location. Um, so kind of interesting to see. And I know um, some of those spread through rhizomes as well, right? So they'll just creep out and spread on their own. Um, but I have some spring ephemerals in my garden and it's kind of interesting to see because they don't pop up in the same place every year. <laughs> they kind of move around um, both through those rhizomes. But then I also wonder how much of that is happening because ants are picking up and moving the seeds and like putting them in new spots. So it's kind of fun um, if you're able to like track it in a, in a more managed landscape to kind of see where those plants move around. I like the uh, I like that thing. It's interesting. It's kind of like those little surprise uh, surprise plants there for for some folks. Um, exactly. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Do spring ephemerals provide any pollinator benefits? So yes, they definitely do, and especially if you think about you know really early in the season, early spring, not, not much else is in bloom. Um, so these flowers provide really a much needed resource. Um, especially for our early emerging bees, as well as some flies. Um, and I've also, even a few weeks ago, I've already seen some butterflies flying around. Um, I saw a zebra swallowtail a couple days ago, and I was very excited because they're one of my favorites. Um, but certain pollinators can only feed on the pollen of a certain plant. Um, they're called specialist pollinators, and there are some of those for some of our spring ephemerals too. Um, so there's a bee called the spring beauty minor bee, and it needs the pollen of spring beauties, one of our ephemerals, for its larvae to develop correctly. Um, and I mentioned flies as well. One of my favorite flies to look for is called a bee fly, and this insect looks like a bee, um, but if you are able to catch it when it lands on a flower and look close, um, it's actually a fly. And I've seen them out um, buzzing around. Um, so it's really fun just to, to get out and see the new um, bees and flies that are out um, at this time of the year. Wow, so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, what are some examples of spring ephemerals? Okay, this is my favorite part. So there's a lot to choose from, but I'm going to just briefly mention about five or six of my favorite spring ephemerals and just give you a little bit of a few tidbits about them. Um, so probably my favorite, which is hard to choose, um, is yellow trout lily. Um, and trout lilies can be found throughout the state, 
Um, but the yellow one is, is more a, a southern and eastern Illinois um, species. And you can look for um, mottled colored leaves and they'll occur just like one at a time um, while the plant is young. But the ones that are going to flower, they have a pair of leaves. Um, so you can kind of um, look for and wait for the, the flowers to come from the ones that are paired. Um, and they produce flowers that have six yellow petals and they're visited by bees. And there's also a white trout lily, which is a lot more common in Northern Illinois, but harder to find kind of where I live. Um, I do have some in my yard. I planted them in my backyard. And if that's something you're interested in doing, just be prepared to be patient because um, it takes them at least seven years to mature enough to flower. So I'm on year four and I'm still waiting for a flower, but maybe in three years, I'll be lucky enough to see a bloom. Um, another favorite and one that a lot of people are probably familiar with is Virginia bluebells. Um, it's really easy to admire because it has a, a cluster of rounded leaves and then has a stalk that kind of nods or bends over um, with these tubular blue to purple flowers. Um, and I've even seen a pink form of it in the wild, which was really, really fun to see. Um, and then it's pollinated by bees that have longer tongues that can access um, the nectar that is in the tubular flowers. Um, another one that I love that is not as common um, is large flowered bellwort. And I really like this plant because of the way that the leaves look. So the leaves where they attach to the stem, they completely surround the stem. So it kind of looks like the stem was like punched through the leaf, kind of like you'd punch a straw into a juice pouch. Um, so it's, it's a little bit unique in that way. And then it has um, yellow flowers with these petals that are really curved and they um, hang downward. Kind of hard to explain, but if you're able to look up a picture of it, um, it's a really beautiful um, flower. Um, another really common one that people, um, a lot of people have heard of is bloodroot. This one's found throughout Southern Illinois. Um, really, really beautiful, small flower, usually under about six inches when it blooms. Um, and the blooms only last for about a day or two. So you really have to catch them when they're in flower. Um, but they are short, small, white flowered um, plants. And they, um, they close up at night and like later in the afternoon. So the best time to look for bloodroot is like in a sunny morning um, if you want to see them fully open. Um, it's called bloodroot because the rhizome or the root structure underground is, is red. Um, and those are just really fun to find as well. Um, and finally, the last two I wanted to mention are Dutchman's um, breeches and squirrel corn. And I mentioned them together because they look really similar when you just look at the leaves. Um, you can find them throughout Illinois um, but the flowers are what make them look different. And the Dutchman's breeches have flowers that look like little pants. I'm not kidding. They look like little pants. They're really cute. Um, and then squirrel corn has flowers that look kind of like a curved squirrel tail. Flowers are, um, the petals are really tightly closed. So you wouldn't think that pollinators would be able to access the nectar really easily. Um, so the ones that are able to are queen bumblebees because they're big enough and strong enough and have a long enough tongue that they can pry open the petals and get inside. 
Um, but other bees kind of cheat and they just like chew holes in the sides of the flowers so they can steal the nectar. Um, so I kind of like those flowers because when you think about like what pollinates them, um, you might not think that some of our insects are cheating to try to get, find a different way to get that nectar. So those are just a few of my favorites. There's like way too many to talk about, um, but I encourage you to, to look those up, see what they look like and see if you can find them if you go on a hike this spring. Yeah, and see all those uh, cheating nectar stealers out there too, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what can someone do to support spring ephemerals? Okay, so remember when I said that if you look in the woods in early spring, oftentimes you see kind of a brown landscape. Um, well, actually, in many of our forests, that isn't anymore. Um, so if you look in kind of the bottom 10 to 15 feet of the forest, you'll see it alive with green life even now early in the spring. So these plants um, are, are woody invasive species and they're also taking advantage of the lack of that canopy cover to jumpstart their growth in the early spring, like those spring ephemerals. Um, so plants like bush honeysuckle and autumn olive, they're already leafed out by me. Um, and if they continue to spread and prevent light from reaching the forest floor, then our spring ephemerals, they'll only be able to hold on for so long. So this is another reason to take action and control our woody invasive plants. If um, hiking in the spring and seeing those spring ephemerals and, and kind of supporting that, that native landscape is important to you. Erin, thank you so much for uh coming on today and uh, talking with us about these uh, spring ephemerals, as well as those nectar cheaters out there. Um, <laughs> so, again, I've, I've learned so much, uh, you know, with, with this podcast. Again, thank you so much um, for coming on board. Uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gavin. And everyone, go take a hike. See what spring ephemerals you can find. Yes, get out there. It is gorgeous out right now. And uh, that concludes uh, this month's episode of Spotlight on Natural Resources. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day.